Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate you spending some of your evening with us. Tonight we have Tana Robinson, who's come over from Sandy, and we appreciate you coming and sharing your story with us. Thanks for coming. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> and as we usually do, we like to hear a little bit about your background as a Latter-day Saint. You were born in the church, were you? Yes. As we say, born in the church. <laughs> yes, I, I was born into it. I was raised in Springville, Utah, oh. baptized at eight years old. Yeah. and um, Parents active, were they? Uh, um, my mother was active when I was young, but... Yeah. but Dad, not so much. Huh? Uh, my father was not a member yeah. of the church. Yeah, but was I, very supportive of us going. Well, that's good. I, I actually, I don't know that I mentioned it before, but my dad wasn't active. He was mm -hmm. never more than a teacher, I don't think. But mom was very active and made sure we got to church. So yeah. she took you to church, I guess. And, yes, yes. You know, did you do the primary thing? And Yes, went to primary, went to Sunday school, yeah. um, and later to mutual. And Yeah. Now you were mentioning uh, earlier about your baptism and kind of the importance that that played in really your whole journey. So tell us just a little bit about. Okay. And thank our train here for talking yes. to us. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I when we were being prepared, my whole um, primary Sunday school class, whichever it was, we were being prepared for baptism and. I remember our teacher telling us about the baptism of Jesus, oh, that yeah. when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and then a, a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. <laughs> I was excited as, I was excited hearing that because I would please my father and I would get the Holy Spirit. So I was very excited yeah. for baptism. And on the day of baptism, I go in, you know, a little trembling. This is a big occasion. Sure. And I came up out of the water and I just felt cold <laughs> and wet. And I went, do I not get it? Okay, well, maybe tomorrow they used to lay hands and for the... Oh, baptize on Saturday and get the Holy Ghost on yes. Sunday, yeah. Yes, yeah. so I thought, well, maybe tomorrow when they lay hands on me, uh, the confirmation for the gift of the Holy Spirit, I said, okay, maybe I'll get the Holy Spirit then. So I went again very expectantly, and they laid their hands and prayed for the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I didn't get the Holy Spirit. God must not love me, is oh, what I said. Really? God must not be pleased with me. So, from age eight, I set out to do all I could to please my father. 
so that he would love me, so that he would give me his Holy Spirit. And as I looked around, I thought, there are some people that really seem to have that joy, that really seem to be able to read the books and understand them. And I really wanted that. Did you feel like that was a burden then on you uh, personally? Yes. And the other thing I was taught during uh, preparation for baptism is that this baptism would wash away all my sins. Well, yeah. And after that, after that, Uh so, and and, and in my seven-year-old head... How many sins have you got? uh, (laughs) But in my seven-year-old head, I said, I wish I could wait till right before I died so I could be baptized and be acceptable to God. Because you'd be clean. Because I'd be clean. And the other thing she was teaching um, was that repentance was when you said, I'm sorry for doing the sin. And if you really repented, you would never never do it it again. again. If you did it again, that means you didn't repent and you only got one chance. In my head... Yeah. I'm not sure she, she said this, but in my head, if I ever did that same sin again, I, I, there were no do-overs. Yeah. So I, I, from that moment, from, <laughs> from learning that, okay, I'm baptized, I'm all clean for today, and from then on, I was afraid to ask my father for forgiveness because I might do it again. If you repented of something wrong and then you did it again, uh, yeah, gosh, that's very insightful as a young person to feel that way. Well, I think. but I, mis- I imagine others do. Um, I have burden. spoken with others who yeah. felt that same way. Wow. Yeah. So I just I started feeling like uh, all these sins were piling up. Every time I did something <laughs> that was unacceptable, rep- I didn't dare repent. <laughs> and so I. Uh, it, I got very depressed. Very, I, I was that. striving for perfection, but wow. really, I started into a a depression, a works oriented oriented kind of depression. Yeah. So the harder I worked, the more behind I felt. Mm, my goodness, I was interested in a couple of things that you mentioned that uh, hadn't run across my mind for a long time. You talked about golden green ball. Oh yeah. And road shows <laughs> and stuff. Did yeah. you're active with all that stuff? Yes. Did you ever yes. do a play and? Had um, dances and stuff. Yes, and, yes, yeah. took dances. Se- took seminary, did you? Yes, yeah. yes. So you just did. You feel like you had a testimony of the church, it being the only true church, and I didn't. I uh, I wanted to read the Book of Mormon. I said I really want to understand this book, and and I read it, and it's like okay, the amazing stories of families and battles and things. But I didn't really have a testimony. But then I learned that Joseph, the Joseph Smith story that he read, James 1.5, said, If you lack wisdom, yeah. ask God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, yeah. who um, will give it to you liberally, right. and upbraideth not. And... I had to look up a Breedeth. I wasn't <laughs> sure what that meant. But so from then on, I was asking God, James 1 5. I said, if you did it for Joseph Smith, please do it for me. I want the wisdom <laughs> to know what all of these books say. I want the wisdom to know what the right things are. 
And I thought, if I just keep studying, there will be a list of things that I can check off. Okay, I did this, I did this, yeah. I did this. And I kept looking for a list, and it seemed like every time I thought I knew, <laughs> something else would be added. It's like, oh, I didn't know I had to do that, too. Yeah. So, um a lot of works, but I kept praying for wisdom. Wow. I wanted to go back just for a second with your baptism. Did you, with all the sensitivity you seem to have had, did you feel like you were joining the church or joining Christ? Go oh, I felt like I was joining <coughs> the church for sure. That I was now a full-fledged member and that I was responsible to live like that. Yeah, and did you feel like you were turning your life to Christ at that point, oh, or no. just joining the church? Just joining the church. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, a whole different perception that, that, that we have, both as converts to the church, those that convert to the church, and as eight-year-olds. Yes. Everybody's saying, well, you're going to join the church, or you're going to get baptized mm -hmm. and be a member of the church. Yes. You know, that's what's said. You're not turning your life to Christ. You're not... Mm -hmm even though that's kind of understood, I think. I mean, if, if you were to really ask about it, that's why. But anyway, it's just an interesting little difference there. So so what happens after, I mean, you're active during high school mm -hmm. and busy, and what happens yes. next? Yes, and um, after high school, I went to Utah State University in Logan, and I decided, okay, if I'm really going to get this right, <laughs> that I would live in the Mormon dormitories. Is it called Norm, Mormon dor dormitories? They were called Morm dorms. Morm dorms, okay. So anybody <laughs> at up at point. Utah State would know that, I guess? Or well, something. I believe now they've been taken oh, over sure. by the university, but okay. in the 70s they were called <laughs> the Morm dorms. Okay. And I wanted to go there and live with what I call, were thinking were good Mormons, yeah. so that um, they could help me live the yeah. right way. Okay. So I went, I was in an apartment of girls and they uh, put us together with an apartment of guys for family home evening and the guys that we were paired with were all returned missionaries oh. and my roommates were thrilled Sure. because oh, returned missionaries, yeah. it's like yes! <laughs> <laughs> get married eventually and, yeah, yes, and have yeah. return, yeah. Yeah, so how so did that turn out? It didn't turn out that well. They weren't all that spiritual. <laughs> even the return missionaries? Oh, even the return missionaries. I mean, they were nice enough guys, um, but really their goal was to meet a nice girl and get married. Okay. That was their goal. Yeah. And I went to the church up there, and it didn't have... I didn't have anything either. So after one quarter, I switched over to the university dorms. Oh, and you did. then I didn't. There was no curfew at night. I didn't have to go to family home evening. Oh, and you felt and, better about. And that, then huh? I focused more on. Okay, I'm here for college. Yeah. And I was introduced to the other things at college as well. Oh. And I just gave up. I gave up trying oh, to be perfect. Yeah. So I may as well have fun. So then I found the other avenues of fun that were available. Not that it made me feel any more complete, any closer to God, no. but I thought, I've tried all avenues I know, and I guess God doesn't love me. God has not chosen me. He's not accepted me. I don't have His Holy Spirit or you know feel His pleasure. And so I will just live like everyone else. Oh my goodness. And so that, how long did this go on? Um, so that was after my first year when I uh, returned in the fall. Um, I 
was fighting with my boyfriend, but I met a couple of guys in the dorms who were different. And these guys were very settled, very mature, very nice. And I would just sit with them in the cafeteria. And I had a class with one. And on the way home from the class, we were walking back to the dorms. And we saw this couple fighting, and, and I, like I said, I'm fighting with my boyfriend. I said, isn't there any way people can get along? <laughs> and this guy's name was John. He stopped, and he said, yes. And I was amazed at his authority. He said, yes, if Jesus is in the middle of their relationship, they can get along. And right there in the middle of the day on the sidewalk, I started weeping. Really? When he said the name Jesus, I said, that's the Jesus I want to know. Hmm. And you'd never really sensed that before? No. Yeah. No. He knew who he was talking about. And he said, do you want to talk more? I said, yes, I do. But I had a job I had to get to. He had a class. He gave me a, a little four spiritual law booklet, yeah. which is just a basic um, how you can receive Jesus booklet. So we made an appointment to meet later that night uh, when both of us were free. I read the book and was like, okay, I don't really understand it. And that night I was delayed an hour. Um, and what I didn't know is that he and another guy, Ron, were praying for me. And Before I, you were going to meet with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was an hour late getting back. It's before cell phones. I couldn't call him and say. So once I got back to my dorm room and I called, I said, it's okay if you don't want to meet. He said, no, no, no. I want to meet you. So we met at the um, Student Union building, and he went through that booklet with its um, a very simple explanation of the gospel that God loves me, yeah. has a wonderful plan for my life, Jesus died for my sins, and all I have to do is lay my life at the foot of the cross, and Jesus will take it from and give you his life instead. This is what I was waiting for. Mm -hmm. So right there in the student union building, I prayed and I said, Lord, I lay my life down. I give it to you. It's a mess. Do whatever you want with it. And I receive you with all my heart. And I felt the influx of the Holy Spirit yeah. from my head to my toes. It was just like a trickling. <laughs> And I'm not saying everybody gets that, but from age eight, I had so wanted the Holy Spirit. Now, what and you had I, been looking for then as a, an eight-year-old, yeah. And I felt His Holy Spirit. I felt His pleasure. Right there it said, God loves me and has a plan for my life. And I was effervescent, <laughs> like bubbling spring water. And I swear my feet did not hit the ground for at least a week. And I was just filled with joy. And then he said, we have a Bible study on campus on, I think it was Wednesday. How did that strike you to get into the Bible? Did you love the, I mean, did you have any respect for the Bible? or? Did oh, you, I did. Even I as did. a Mormon, I mean? You oh, could, yes, when oh, I was okay. 12. I'd ask for a Bible because we didn't have a Bible. Really? In, um, I didn't have a Bible. And so I got a Bible. It was a King James Bible, and I tried to read it. 
And it wasn't oh. just the antiquated language, but I would read, and it's like none of the words were making sense mm. in my head. But I took it to the university with me, and when he said there was a Bible study, I, I went and I took my Bible, and as, as they opened up, so John and Ron were the two student leaders of this Bible study, and, and when he would teach from it, and I'd look in my own, it's like, oh, that's what it means. Wow. I had a, an insight that I hadn't had before. Even in the King James Version, it's <laughs> amazing. Yes, well, yeah. The truth is there, even though it's antiquated language, and so yeah. it was just amazing to me. And I was, I was just taking big gulps of, of learning as, as they were teaching. Boy, that must have been joyful. I mean, you just were Oh, away. I was in seventh heaven. I was so in seventh heaven. And then, after a few weeks, I noticed that some things I was learning didn't match up with the LDS religion I'd grown up with. Well, I was going to ask that, what you thought of that, uh, but go ahead. Um, and, and so, after a couple of weeks, I was asking them, well, what about this and what about this, and it's not matching. And, and Ron was answering some of the questions, and finally he says, I've got, an, I've got an idea. Would you like, if you'd like, I could set up a, an appointment with stake missionaries, people who From lived in Logan, uh -huh. okay. Okay. people who lived in Logan who could teach the discussions, the missionary lessons, and then I could meet with you afterward and, sh and do a, a comparison with the Bible. How fascinating. He recommended that. He recommended it, oh. yes. And did you do that? And so he set it up, and he let the missionaries know that that's what we were doing. So we met, they went through their discussions, and then after they would leave, and afterward Ron would explain to me the differences biblically. And so at the end of those lessons, I said, well, I can't be a Mormon and a Christian, and a Bible-believing Christian. And I had always accepted the Bible as the Word of God, but I was iffy on the Mormon religion and the Book of Mormon. And if they don't match up, if they're mutually exclusive, yeah. I choose Christ, I and choose the Bible, the Bible and I, I don't need the Mormon religion. That is such a joyful message. I mean, it, it's just so... Uh so neat <laughs> I mean, to, yeah. to make that contrast and, and learn you learn more about Mormonism that way I guess and then to learn really what was had been added to the Bible yes yeah the, yes the, the, what the, had been added or even subtracted yeah 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 well that's fascinating so then um, uh, both Ron and John took me to different area churches mm. so I could experience a, a a Christian church. I went to um, a real wild Pentecostal church where uh, speaking in tongues. I said, well, that was fun. And <laughs> then we went to a Lutheran church, very liturgical, formal, and, and I really liked it. And when everyone um, talked about the, um, they said the the Apostles' Creed, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And then went to, on campus, there was a little Bible church that met. 
non-denominational non-denominational yeah. yes and it was right there by the dorm so I ended up going there and it was very sedate more like what I was accustomed to mm. as a Mormon because there would be there there were prayers but there were hymns that I'd never sung yeah. and then at our at our um, Bible studies Ron and, and John and another guy would play guitars and we sang old hymns I'd never heard of but plus pra praising Jesus praising or Jesus God? I mean, yeah not praising the man or anything else. right yeah. right they were they were fun in some contemporary Christian music too yeah, yeah. and it was just fun as students we would just sit on the floor we had a room at the Union building and we'd sing songs they taught me how we would pray and just go around and say a sentence or two um, yeah, just conversational prayer yeah and I loved it. I Ta love that kind of prayer. Talking to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that neat? Wow. Well, so then what, what happens? I mean, we're uh, unfortunately running out of time here. Uh, so what happens in life? You. So um, I graduated and everyone was leaving for different things. And those who were not from Utah were going away. And I said, I know that God has called me to stay in Utah because um, my family's here, but also because as a previous Mormon, I wanted to reach others with the truths, the joy of Christ. You started having a heart for your family and friends, I guess, that had... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I felt the same way. Wanted yes. to share this truth with them, because we'd never learned this stuff in Mormonism. Correct. Right? Yes. So I wanted to stay, and I wanted to learn more and more and more, because God had given me. I loved learning, but I wanted to teach others. So God has um, gifted me with some really good seminary classes here in town, and some online, and some workshops that I've gone to. And so for the last um, 25, 30 years, I've been leading ladies' Bible studies. That's just amazing. Um, and is there an online place that you'd recommend that people go to? Or how would you recommend people con contacting you in order to uh, learn more about Bible studies? Oh, well, I teach, I lead at um, Sandy Ridge Community Church. Now That's where I attend. Sandy, what south is that? It's 106 South. 106 South. And 1800 East. Okay. That's where I lead Bible studies, but there are Bible studies all over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost every church has a ladies' Bible study. There's Bible studies. And they're non-denominational, right? Oh, they're yes. just going through the Bible and sharing what it has. Oh, yeah. The yeah. ladies that come to my Bible study, they're not just Sandy Ridge. They're from other churches, some from no churches. Yeah. They don't have a particular church. They just come and want to learn but about the Bible. A, a joy in the Bible. Yeah. So does Jesus mean anything different now as a Christian? Compared oh, to absolutely. <laughs> as a child, I thought, okay, I've been taught he's my older brother, but I see he's a real big deal in the Bible. Yeah. And when maybe even God. <laughs> and when John, uh, when John explained to me that he was God made flesh and yeah. died on the cross for me, yeah. I said, "Oh, that's why he's such a big deal. Because without him, I couldn't have a relationship with God." And the other thing I learned is that he's not the devil's brother. Oh. He is God, and. I used to think they were the same.
yeah. so that they would, um, they were rivals, yeah. you know, and each one had a, a, a similar pole right. on a person. Not true. Jesus is God, yeah. and the devil is just a pesky critter. Did you ever understand grace as a Mormon? Oh, no. Yeah, what, what, what difference is there now for that? Oh, now, no matter how many times I sin, I can go and be forgiven. He knows I couldn't do it. That's why he brought Jesus. So that whole repentance thing that you uh, pent up for all those years, now, now knowing that Jesus paid for all those sins. And oh, yeah. Now I don't build up a debt I can never pay. Now, as quickly as I realize, okay, I'm so sorry, Lord. Please forgive me again and teach me never to go there again i accept your free gift and, yeah. yeah oh it's a life of joy not a life of duty and um being overwhelmed yeah. with works and yet as you say you've been teaching all these years i mean we do good works mm -hmm. but they're out of love for god and love for our fellow man yeah the motivation is totally yeah. different well so in our last few minutes, you, what would you tell your Latter-day Saint friends and family? Uh, what would you care to share with them? Oh, I would tell them that God loves you. He wants you to be filled with His Holy Spirit. Yeah. He wants you to know joy and not the, the overwhelming burden to be perfect on your own. You will never, ever achieve it. Yeah, we're, we're without his without his spirit without his power we are nothing but he is freely offering to everyone that same gift and that same joy yeah, all you have to do is. is lay yourself down at his feet and let him do it oh uh, you know this last easter was so special again to to think about jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and the joy of his resurrection yeah. and and I just didn't understand that. I thought it all happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, and yeah. and I just didn't understand his gift of grace and his sacrifice. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've made a wonderful transition. I hope others that are listening would would feel that same sense and and start reading the Bible, don't you think? That's a yeah. good place to start. To maybe do a Bible study and see what they don't know about the Bible. One of the things I did when I first transitioned was to go grab a red-letter Bible. We don't have red-letter oh, Bibles yeah. in, in Mormonism. We used to, but they don't anymore. Mm -hmm. So I started going through that, and then I read what Jesus and said and Paul taught, and then what they didn't say. Didn't say anything about marriage and, mm -hmm. and, and stuff. So, well, Tana, thanks so much for sharing your story. We really oh, it's appreciate my pleasure. It. I'm sure you've touched some hearts out there. And Thank we you. appreciate you watching tonight and hope you'll join us next week here on the Ex-Mormon Files. Good night. This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Music